0: welcome in ladies and gentlemen to mbr or as we like to call it around here nothing but rants the show where i find topics that i'm oddly passionate about and i pontificate upon them these are not hot takes but rather takes that i'm hot about What is up, ladies and gentlemen? You know, we tend to live in a very hot, take-ish society. You are not allowed to say something is good without saying it's great, and you are definitely not allowed to say something is great without saying it is the greatest of all time. That is kind of where we live. Um, it's it's kind of the goat versus the goat status. Everything is, so is so-and-so so the goat. It's goat this versus goat that. Goat, 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 goat. Everything and everyone is the greatest of all time it seems to be that right there has never been anything better than the now dramatic pause until the next that is our society nowadays particularly when it comes to sports opinions nothing's better than the now nothing has ever been better than the now until the next that's how we operate that's how television operates that's how people like me in this position operate when it comes to their takes so I'm about to tell you how this is just the greatest era of college football of all time with the University of Georgia, right? I think particularly off of two draft classes like we've seen, two defending national championships like we've seen. I mean, here it is: Georgia has not only won two consecutive national titles, something that hasn't been done in college in the college football playoff era. Right, the last time it was done was in 11 and 12 with uh, Alabama. Even let's put the college football player, uh, college football playoff era aside. Um, there's only been three occurrences of repeats since the AP poll was invented. And this is a little history lesson for some, because I know we we have older members of our audience. We have younger members of audience. We have people that, you know, scan the spectrum when it comes to this network. Um, for our younger folks, let's give you a little history lesson. There, There was a time before the AP poll where just any local gas station and any local newspaper was allowed to just name national title winners. Um, Joe's Tyron Auto Barn was naming national title winners in the tw- in the sixties and seventies. Hell, four teams, four other teams rather, claimed the nineteen twenty seven national title that Georgia claims. So it, it is all over college football, right? From nineteen twenty seven, from the beginnings of football for most football programs, right? Most historic football programs, all the way up till nineteen ninety, that last repeat like era of college football w- before Nebraska started running that title that Georgia Tech claims, Colorado claims the same title. That was 23 years ago, right? No, 33 years ago. 33 years ago, we were out here just claiming multiple title winners. That was not that long ago in the history of college football, okay? So for this to be repeating, right, and a real repeat under this term of college football, it is a statement of fact, right? It, It is hard to dispute, I shouldn't say. It is not a fact. This is an opinion. But it is really, really hard to dispute that the university of georgia is currently on one of if not the greatest runs in the history of college football, right? And I know, everything is the greatest. Again, we live in an era where nothing is or everything is the greatest now until the next. Um, but how can we contextualize this greatness? It's it's easy to say someone's the GOAT or something's the GOAT or this is the greatest stretch of college football of all time. Um, but how do you contextualize that, right? How do you put that into finite terms apart from they just repeated as national title winners in an era of college football where no one's done that. All right. No one. In fact, it's really hard to even find the closest comparison to that in the college football area. If you look at the repeat, uh, you know, even teams going back to the college football, player. nonetheless, that's an aside. Um, but how can you contextualize this? Right. Um, the NFL draft is a damn good way to do it. Right. The NFL draft is another sign of why Georgia's been able to do this, right? And why they will continue to do this, win at an unprecedented rate, most likely, and recruit at an unprecedented rate, and therefore produce NFL draft picks at an unprecedented rate. They will continue to do so under Kirby Smart. Um, And there's multiple reasons for this, right? Recruiting has been at an unprecedented rate since Kirby Smart. That is not new, though. Kirby Smart has not invented recruiting at a top five level in college football. In fact, he was part of the last regime to do this. Right, The last regime to recruit at a rate like this, and is still kind of doing it, is Alabama. Okay? The, the eight to ten years that Kirby Smart was involved out there in Tuscaloosa, they were recruiting at an unprecedented rate and a rate that matches this. Right, It does matter that Georgia hasn't had a single class land outside the top three consensus rankings in the eight cycles now going on nine since 2017 when Kirby Smart had his first true class. I don't count 2016. You probably shouldn't either. Um, but it's not just talent acquisition. There are other programs that are acquiring talent at the rate that Georgia is that are not winning and both winning and producing draft talent at this rate, right? It does matter that Kirby Smart has signed more five stars than anyone else in the world, too, since him taking over, um, as well. But it's both the talent and the development, right? It's the combination of both that has led to this run um of national titles and unprecedented draft success, right. Because there is a combination that has led to this, right? This winning um, is not just talent. It's the development as well. Because, um, again, Jervon Dexter, not all five stars are created equal. And I'm not picking out Jervon Dexter. He's a top second, top of the second round draft pick. He a great drafting um, and a great livelihood coming up for big number nine from the University of Florida. Okay, But not all five stars are created uh, equal, right? Jervon Dexter goes to Florida. Jalen Carter goes to Georgia. Jalen Carter, high-level four-star. Jervon Dexter, five-star, could have gone to Georgia. Top 12 pick, second-round pick. Both have questions. Both have questions about on-football, like top-end motors, right? If we just boil it down to that. Both have questions. One came out of Georgia. One played national titles, right? This kind of thing. It matters. Justin Flows of the world. That career arc does not look like Smile Mondans. It will not look like Smile Mondons. It matters. Both of those football players had an opportunity. Oregon, Georgia. Auburn, Florida, Georgia, right? Whatever it is, one chooses Georgia, one chooses Oregon. One is now at Arizona. One next year will probably be a first-round draft pick, right? That's kind of how it works. Not all five stars are created equal. Not all pump them out at the same rate. Jordan Burch, five-star, could have gone to Georgia, goes to South Carolina. Now, there are five stars that go to South Carolina that come out better. But Zach Pickens did not. Zach Pickens, five-star, fourth-rounder. See what I'm saying? Not all five stars are created equal. We have the history to prove it. Now, we have the data. We have the annuals and the analogs. It's back there. What you call that? The the chronological? Well, whatever. We got the game logs. We got the logs right there with us with with regards to player development, right? Not every Jordan Birch becomes a Trayvon Walker, okay? They're all physically gifted. That's why they're five stars. They're wife scouts. You can walk into the room. Bingo. That guy's going to be great. They got NFL traits the moment they wake up, but they're not all created equal. Where these five stars decide to go matters, right? If you have signed under Kirby Smart, okay? This is a a stat from my boy Jeff Suntel today. If you have signed under Kirby Smart at the University of Georgia, you have a 41% chance of being drafted. That's not the five stars. That's the class. If you go to the University of Georgia since 2016, you are essentially a daggum coin flip from playing on the on Sundays, being drafted to play on Sundays. That is astronomical. Guys, the hit rate prior to this draft pick draft for five stars, five stars. Not every class, five stars was 61%. 61% of five stars entering this 2023 draft had a chance of being draft picks. Kirby Smart's players that he signs have a 41% chance of being draft picks. There it is. It's not just the five stars. It's all of them, right? Of the 19 five stars since 2017 that Kirby Smart has signed, 16 of them have been drafted. That's way outside of even the 81% that broke the record this year of five stars drafted. 16 of 19. Who are the three, you might ask? Brooks, Clay Webb, the six-foot center they signed out of Oxford, Alabama. Probably shouldn't have been a five star, but definitely should have come to Georgia because Sam Pittman loved him. And he did a great job on scout team for four years. Five star. The other one, okay, Bryn Cox. Did y'all hear he transferred? He got kicked off floor. you Y'all hear that? Okay. We know about that one. The third one that is not on an NFL roster right now and did not get drafted, Adam Anderson. Probably was on his way to doing such, right? So, I mean, we're not going to give him 17 of 19, but it might as well have been, right? Might as well have been. Okay, so since 2017, 16 of 19. That's astronomical. That's astronomical, both player development, talent acquisition, and therefore success on the field and success in the draft. It sounds really, really simple, right? It sounds extremely simple uh, with regards to the direct correlation between what Georgia is doing on the recruiting trail and the rate and both at the rate at which they are winning and the rate at which they are being drafted, right? You should draft blue chip prospects that win at unprecedented rates, right? That makes sense. It's simple, nice, and easy. This isn't Clemson. Okay. And I don't mean to take a shot at Clemson. This isn't Clemson. Where the average recruit during their, you know, reign of supremacy in college football, where they go play for three or four national titles and they win two of them, I believe it was, with their, and their supremacy, dude. They're they're like three and four star loaded in that recruiting rankings. This is not Clemson. This is unprecedented winning with unprecedented talent. So you should draft them at unprecedented rates. Easy, simple, nice. This isn't even LSU. LSU has that one blip. 2019, the roster's incredible. They beat the shit out of college football. They get drafted at unprecedented rates. That makes sense. Fall off completely. Completely. This is like seven years deep now. This dude been doing this at Georgia. He been pumping out. I I saw another number. I think there's like 48. Like 48 are are, are, our boy of. our oh boy Jay will put it out on Twitter today. Fifty-five five, or fifty-five draft picks in in the first seven years of him being a head coach. Unprecedented. Stupid. Goofy. Okay. Um. Welcome in. Welcome into tonight's show. I think that might be the longest open rant because I just it just makes sense to me. It duh, like it, that. That was no hot take. That was not even a take. We, we were passionate about it. Oh, it was not a take at all. Well. This one school over in Athens wins it like, wow. They are beating the shit out of college football. And guys, man, they, they got like all the great players. And they're from everywhere. And they, they all check our boxes. And guess what? None of them got worse. They all got better. I, I think we should probably take these guys, right? Just makes sense. Just absolutely makes sense. um Welcome in. We got a great show for you guys tonight. We're going to take a look a little bit more at roster construction, right? I had somebody in the comments the other day tell me to stop touching the mic if you don't know me by now i am adh mother freaking d okay i am all over the place it's part of my brilliance it's part of my downfall all right but we are we are squirrel we are all of that so yeah dog i'm gonna touch it <laughs> Welcome in. Hey, hit the like, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff, man. It's business as usual for us, man. We we out here grinding. We, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, we told you. But it's not business as usual because I'm telling you right now, it's spring practice in the state of Georgia. This ain't on the sweet We freelancing at this thing. Hit that like button for sure. Um, it's spring practice time in Georgia. And I don't know if you know this, but, I, I, I mean, Georgia's got some good football players, right? Georgia's got football players everywhere. So, Last spring, I tried to see as many high school football programs as I can. Uh, in a four-week span last year, three-and-a-half-week span last year, I hit 42 schools. Okay, as of today, I sat down today and called every coach I needed to know and needed to see, every player that I needed to see on my list that we have created uh, or been given. Uh, every player that need to be on there, on there, all right? It's all—it's over 40 schools deep right now. So from May 2nd to May 19th, your boy going to be all over the damn place. And I know what you're thinking, Brooks, you're going to go see 42 schools in what's that, 17 days? Yeah, I am. Does that mean we're going to lose content? Are you going to stop doing NBRs like you promised Monday, Tuesday, Thursdays? No, no, I'm not. You know why? Because I'm psycho. Because I'm psycho. And that's what we're going to do. We're going we're to go all across the state. We're going to see every great football player we can. We're going to tweet them out. We're going to put exposure on them. We're going to give them as many opportunities to get college scholarships as we possibly can. All right. And we're going to burn up a boatload of gas doing so. And we're going to somehow, some way show up here every single night and still deliver our content. I don't know how shit we're going to do it. I don't. I. We're going to figure it out. We're going to figure it out, okay? So, if shows aren't as scripted as they seem to be, if for some reason Brooks seems like he's gone off on a five-minute tangent, um, that's because I am, bro. That's because I am. We don't have notes. We just going. Tonight we got notes. Don't worry about it. Um, Tonight we got great notes. The first note, just draft Georgia football players. Just do it. Just do it. It just makes sense, you know? I caught a little, not a little bit of heat. There ain't so many of you. It actually got, it was like one of the hotter tweets we've had lately uh, about the Falcons, right? I, I got some Falcons fans in my mentions um, because I dared to, you know, provide the notion and the idea of, hey, this football play, like program at Georgia, they got great football players. They, they, they win a lot of football games. We're trying to draft great football players who know how to win a lot of football games we practice like 45 minutes from them jokers we should probably draft them we should probably draft them we should probably go get them right how dare i propose such a notion and again you do not need to be curtailing to your local college football programs but for christ's sakes they're the best football program in america with the best football players and you seem to be avoiding them like the plague, like the plague, all right? Here's an idea. If there's a program right down the road, again, that is winning at an unprecedented rate with unprecedented talent acquisition, just go sniff around. Just go sniff around. There seems to be some type of roster strategy or roster construction strategy at places like Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. Hey, the Eagles have drafted five dogs in the last two drafts. Davis, Dean, Carter, Smith, and Ringo—they just traded for DeAndre Swift. the the The, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers have drafted Broderick Jones, Darnell Washington, and George Pickens in the last two drafts. Those are two programs and two organizations that guess what, ladies and gentlemen, they got their shit together. Pardon my language, but they contend for division titles every single year in their division. No down years. They no four and twelve. Winning records or wins and loss records, a lot on them game logs. Those are two organizations through the history of professional football have proven that they know how to draft, develop, and win football games. And they're out here just raiding, raiding your football roster that's right down the road that you could just go figure out all about. All you got to do is ask. All you got to do is ask. You know what? I had a source tell me that Howie Roseman was the only NFL GM in the entire league, that told Georgia, Nakobe Dean's a first-round football player. He's the only one. This is before the PEC. This is before any of the the pro day stuff. This is before anything. Howie Roseman, that is the best linebacker in the draft. He well, not Mike Parsons. That's the best linebacker as a first-round draft pick. We are going to draft him. He falls in the third round to that football team. It's no secret that guy's going to go be a great NFL player, right? Okay, so these two franchises are out here prioritizing, right? It makes sense. You got a team that's stacking talent. Like we said, we were repeating ourselves over and over again at this point because it's that freaking simple. But here's my deal. I don't just applaud. I don't just applaud Pittsburgh and Philly for drafting Georgia football players. That's not what we're here to applaud. That's not it. What I'm here to applaud and what you should applaud and what you should search for in any line of business, in any line of drafting, in any type of uh, talent acquisition, period, bar none. Okay, consistency. Do you have a plan? Do you have an obvious plan? Do you have something that I can look at by your actions and say, this organization operates this way. This is what they do. This is what they are about. Okay, I can look at the Philadelphia Eagles and know exactly what they are about. I can look at their their, their their roster management decisions and know exactly who they are and what their organization is about. I don't have to walk into that building to feel the vibe of the locker room. I don't. I know exactly what is going on in Pittsburgh. I know exactly what that organization is about. They are consistently great at what they are consistently great at every single year. They have an identity. That's exactly what they have. I don't mind. And you know what? I'm not just pl- applying them. There's There's a multitude of examples. You want another one? the Chicago Bears. I know exactly what the Chicago Bears are about when I look at their draft picks. Darnell Wright, Jervon Dexter in the second round, Tyreek Stevenson in the second round, Zach Pickens in the third round, Noah Sewell in the fifth round. Okay, those are five of about 12 of their draft picks. Do you know what all five of those football players have in common? From first round to fifth round, do you know what all five of those football players have in common? They were five-star football players. They did something when they were 17 years old that made people believe they were going to be first-round draft picks. And you know what that thing is? Probably showed NFL traits. Whether they performed and produced to those NFL traits in college or not, they prioritize that. They draft that. That's right there. That's clear as freaking day. It's right there. We prioritize prior success. We prioritize prior player development. And whether or not you were not developed properly or whatever, if you were great four years ago, we think you got a great chance to be great 15 years from now. That's their process. That's what they're doing. At, le- <clears throat> at least I can look at it and know exactly what it is. $5 fine. Okay. So what's the point? The point is have a process and stick to it. I don't really care what your process is. I don't. I don't care what your process is, but find one and by God, stick to it. Which begs the question, what are the Falcons doing? This is not an NFL podcast, show, whatever. We're not even a podcast. We're a visual medium. If you haven't figured that out by now, I'm sorry. Um, but this is not an NFL thing. It's not what we do. But most of you guys have some affinity for the Falcons or you laugh at the Falcons when they don't do the right thing. Okay, what are the Falcons? Who are the Falcons? What are they about, right? Are you drafting by need? Is that why you drafted Drake London last year inside the top five? Are you drafting on best player available? Is that why you drafted Bijan Robinson? Is that why you drafted Kyle Pitts? Because they were just the best player at that spot when you were in the draft? Are you drafting blue chippers known from their prior successes that maybe didn't have great careers or didn't test well like DeMarco Hellums? Or are you drafting small school kids that outperformed their school and their platform like my man Troy Anderson? Are you drafting blue chip schools like Zach Harrison that are blue chip prospects that maybe didn't test well and maybe didn't perform well in college? Or are you out here getting the Richie Gantz of the world? Who are you? What are you? What are you doing? I don't have problems with your picks. I have problems with your process because I don't know what the hell it is. So that brings me to the next question, right? Bing, 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 bing. That's how the whole tonight's show plan is going to be. Bing, 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 bing. We already down to the fourth bing, which brings us to Georgia. What is Georgia? Who is Georgia? What is Georgia about? When it comes to player acquisition, right? That's the whole point of tonight's discussion. You thought you was gonna come here and get draft grades? Get the hell out of here! That's so funny. I maybe, maybe you know what? Five years ago, we would have sat here and go, hmm, Stetson Bennett to the Rams in the fourth round. You know what? I just love the chemistry they got. The thing, well, uh, B minus. Not what we're here for. We're here for. We're here for the macro. We're here for the big, right? So the big, the macro discussion about player acquisition, talents, drafts. 25 picks in the last two years, 55 in the last seven. What does it mean, Brooks? What are they doing? How are they doing it? Uh, it's pretty simple. This is my, like, if I could put a one-sentence thesis on who Georgia is from a scouting and player development perspective, right? They are a height, weight, speed football team first. You got to be big, strong, fast. You got to be a one-of-one, one, right? Right okay, that only bends for 1% traits, okay? So if you are not the biggest, fastest, strongest, you better have a 1% trait, okay? If you are not Michael Williams, who is 6'5", 265 pounds, as a junior in high school, with 84-inch arms, top of the line, polish and finesse, as a pass rusher, five-star, day one starter, we know it. If you are not that, if everyone in their mama cannot mi- wife scout Michael, okay? If everyone in their mama cannot wife scout you, then you fall under the 1% trait category. You know what I find hilarious about the Lab McConkey discussions? Bro, the lab, the lab, do you not understand Lab McConkey has 1% traits? Lab McConkie went to Louisville as a 17-year-old rising senior, ran 447. Verified laser. Lab McConkey in high school was like sub 415 in the 5-10-5. You don't know what that means, Google it elite ding, but just box, box, box. Okay. Free sport athlete box. Just check it all the Kirby boxes, right? Check it all of them. Okay. So, like, whoever you are, whatever you are, if you're at the University of Georgia, you have been selected by like purpose, and there is a consistency of this, right? Since Todd Munkin has come here, it's another one. I know their process, we can identify it. It's why they are great, right? Since Todd Munkin's gotten there, what do they take in every single class? Anthony Evans, Arian Smith, CJ Smith, friggin' all of them, all of them, five or six, one or under 10, three or faster. Give it to me. I got to have one. That's what we need every single year. They do it. Bing, 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 bing. It checks out every single time. Right. If you are not a one percenter off the box, off the shelf, that's an NFL football player. You better have a one percent trait. Basically, if you're not a five star or if you're not probably should be a five star based off traits, Darius Smith. Okay, we're going to take you for some type of one percent trait. Jordan Davis was one percent big. Right. Jordan Davis was one percent big. As for the risk portion of the deal, there is risk in this, right? There is risk in their process, just like there's risk in the process of only drafting Georgia football players Philadelphia. There's risk in every scouting process. The risk, in my opinion, in Georgia's scouting process is pretty negotiable for me from, from a scouting perspective. It makes sense. It checks out. I can swallow it when I look at it, right? Um, for every Eric Stokes, and this is it, for every Eric Stokes, for every three-star that you took because he was a 10-5 track runner Okay, despite the fact that the tape was just 10-5 track runner. All right, for every Eric Stokes that you have taken, there has been a Jacob Hood on the list, right? You guys don't remember Jacob Hood? Jacob Hood was taken because he was 1% big. He was six foot eight, 350 pounds. And everybody's like, My God, this is the biggest human I've ever met. Despite the fact that every single time I talked about him with anybody that trusted me, I was like, Coach, not a Georgia player. Great for Tennessee. Great and Tennessee didn't even take him. Great for anyone other than he's not gonna play at Georgia coach. But he's so big, he's not going to play at Georgia. He just don't have it. None of that had none. So, Nebraska, right? For every Eric Stokes, there are Jacob Hoods that whatever he needed to, to unleash the 1% trait or unlock it and be able to utilize it on the field ceased to happen, right? Those things happen on this roster, right? For every Dylan Bell that hits, right? For every A.D. Mitchell that hits, there's a Matt Landers on that. Y'all know this. For every three-star that they take where you're like, what in the hell? For every Solomon McKinley, there is an aluba You know what I mean? Like, there are things like this. But you know who they don't miss on? They don't miss on them five stars. 16 and 19 drafted, as we told you. For every, um, you know, one of those risky ones they that they miss on, they hit. And they hit big. They hit often really, really big on a lot of these football players. Um, And there are, there are not just. Football talent, like they're betting on three stars. They're betting on football players that you don't know, or like Darius Smith was one of these football players. Darius Smith was a six foot six, six foot five guy to Appling County, Georgia, that nobody knew about when he committed to the University of Georgia. Except for Georgia, they knew who he was. Yeah, they found they they, they found the track times and the length, and they were like, Psh, done, done. And he went from a three star that nobody knew about to a top two hundred player. That's how it works. As the Georgia bump or whatever the bump. It's the nobody knew about this guy, but they did first. You know what I'm saying? It's the response to Georgia finding them. But um, there are risk in, like, evaluations. They're taking gambles on some guys. But there are definitely risking – I'm not going to say character, but they're, they're taking guys that they know. Hey, they show up on campus in high school and Coach is like, hey, man, Coach, he skipped practice, like, three days last week. Coach, we got to sit him for – such and such, he did such and such in class, you know, coach, we got to sit him during the spring because he can't keep his grades up. Right. Or coach, we, we, we can't play a We coach that got transferred on us. We don't know where he's at. There are tons of these, not tons of these guys, but they take a few of them, right. For, but they balance them, right. They balance them on their roster for every, let's call Jalen Carter. One of these for every Jalen Carter, for every one of these, I don't know if he's going to show up every day for weights on time and give you hundred percent effort, but God, he's a great football player. For every one of those, there's a Kobe Dean, right? <laughs> coach, ain't got to worry about him. Hey, engineer major, he'll be the captain of your football team. Somehow he's going to figure out how to be a Q Dog too and rush. I don't know how in the hell he's going to figure out that time. He's going to do all of it, coach. He's going to do all of it and be your best football player. Like, there are, for every one of those, right? There are guys that you might have to worry about, right? For every Nolan Smith, there were Bear Alexanders, right? For every, like, if you met Nolan Smith at 15 years old, you might, yep. That's yeah. he, he's going to run a quarter uh, organization or a corporation someday, right? He's going to do that. Um, so yeah, for every risk, right? They take a solid. Now they are afforded this ability, but they don't take every five star guys. They really don't. And I wish they were a little bit more transparent about that, but they can't because you guys sometimes, and I understand it, fans and rankings are important. But fans look at rankings for in-state kids, and they're like, how dare how, how dare Georgia miss on that guy? Maybe Georgia didn't miss on that guy. Maybe Georgia didn't want that guy, right? Even though that guy's a five-star, and he's rated top 10 in the country, and everybody thinks he's the greatest thing since sliced bread, and Georgia's like, I don't know if he can play here. Why don't you trust that sometimes? I don't know, but there's a lot of pressure in that, right? Um, there's a lot of expectations sometimes in rankings and guys that y'all think they should take and guys that they shouldn't. And what their actual board looks like. They have their own ranking system, by the way. They have they have guys that they believe can play for them, right? And guys that they gotta go get, right? And guys that they think are development that have traits that can go get, uh, you know, SEC playing time or might one day play for them, right? Which brings us to Stetson Bennett somehow. Um, a player that, in my opinion, is way too often misunderstood. And we'll get to that in a second. I feel like I've been running like a jackhammer. Um since we got on here, bro, Uh, I don't think I've shut up. Did I go 30 minutes straight? Did I even tell you to hit the thumbs up button? Did I even tell you to subscribe? Did I do anything? If you notice, if you go back and watch the replay, the last thing I did as the intro cut out was just boom, hammer the back end of the coffee. And I think that's the key. I think that's the key. Even though the first of 40 schools, Tomorrow is six AM at Jefferson High School, so we're gonna get a good look at Sammy Brown. Um, it's, it's right up the road, you know. what I mean, it's right up the road, so we're gonna we're gonna have to be on the turf with the fog in the air, whoo, with the fog in the air at about five fifty tomorrow. Man, I'm gonna tell you what we had. Uh, we had practice in college, practice in college. QC exchange, okay, which is quarterback center exchange. We had QC exchange at four fifty five my entire last two years of college football. So Monday through Thursday at 445 in the morning, we had to be on the field, hand in the in the dirt with the quarterback's hand up, up your gooch, stand down, say, hut. Hey. You know what I mean? Like that's what it was. All right. So that was for two years. I feel, I feel for these kids, but I, I do you know what? Back in my day, you know what I'm saying? Back in my day, uphill both ways. You know what I'm saying? Cold turf, don't care. Cold turf, don't care. It's going to be fun tomorrow. I'm excited. Shouts out to Jefferson High School for hosting me. Then we're going to hit the precise schools tomorrow. I'm going to try to hit you up with some some locations where I'm at so y'all know that the boy ain't fugazi. I'm out here in these streets grinding for the purposes of I don't know. I don't know why I do it. Like 90% of the kids that I will see this spring will not play at Georgia. You will not see me write like public articles for you guys on them most of the stuff that i gather most of the intel that i gather most of the footage that i gather the photos that i gather the heights weights the speeds that i gather um this spring they will go to the east carolinas of the world the coastal carolinas of the world the sanfords of the world the kennesaw states of the world um the UABs of the world right these smaller programs that i have made friends with and i i have you know buddies that coach at and, and relationships that i've built through doing things like this um just facilitate, trying to get players where they deserve to be, right, where they deserve to be. I guess that's the goal Um, because it dang sure ain't to make money. It's it's, it's just – you ever see that meme of SpongeBob where the, the guys are just tossing money into the fire pit? That's basically what I do all of May. We just throw it into the pit, just driving all over the place, um, trying to promote the kids. So, hey, Brooks, love the kids. Brooks, love the kids. Hey, you know who else really, really loves someone? Uh, Les Snead, Les Snead, the, the general manager of the, the St. Louis – St. Louis, right. The Los Angeles Rams, that boy love him some Stetson Bennett. Listen to this. Listen to this quote via the L.A. Rams. On it's is Georgia's got a good offensive line.
1: So, anytime you'd go to watch defenders in the SEC, you'd go, oh, let's go watch Georgia. They're the best team. They got good offensive line. And it was interesting. You just come away going, Wow. I thought people said that guy was just maybe, you know, whatever, kind of manage the game type QB. But what you did is you just know, whoa, wait a minute. Look at that guy move. Look at him buy some time. Look at him anticipate some throws. And just you come away thinking, wow, he was a weapon for Georgia. And I I made a joke internally that, boy, he's got a bad PR agent because uh, you know his image is not maybe being, let's call it a talented player.
0: You know what I find funny about that quote? First of all, he's basically hit on everything we've been pounding on this channel forever about the quality of talent that Stetson Bennett is. If you go back and watch the interview, which most of you already have. Um, by the way, if you're new to this channel because of that video, if this is your first time watching NBR or whatever, I should have said hello to you earlier. Shouts out to you guys. I appreciate you. I hope you stick around. Um, but you hear him talk about all the things that we've been talking about uh, with regards to Stetson Bennett. Um, I want to hear it one more time. I can't, I can't even remember what you know I was to go awesome with. on that. Give me one second. George has got a
1: good offensive line. So anytime you'd go to watch defenders in the SEC, you'd go, oh, let's go watch George. Oh, They're the best.
0: I know what I was going to talk about. This will happen to me once in a blue moon. I'll just space. It's occasionally. Um, some people have other people to bounce these things off of. Most of it's because I'm ad-libbing a lot of this late. I don't have any notes here. Um, anyways, excuses, I'll be damned. Um, the thing that stood out to that. Uh, that about me is, is like he's got a bad PR agent, right? He doesn't have necessarily like anybody like if the, the beat on Stetson was he's not very talented, right? That's what Les Snead said right there. I think the thing that I learned about Stetson through 90 minutes was that he's really, really hard to read. And I, I, don't, I don't know why, I just, why. One of the questions for me was what is the biggest misconception about you? Because I think the misconception is Stetson Bennett. I I've talked to that guy for 90 minutes. Okay, y'all got an hour of it. We hung out for ninety minutes. We spoke about life, everything. I mean, we spoke about everything. I left not knowing if that dude liked me, loved me, hated me, couldn't stand me, like didn't want to be there, was ecstatic to be there the whole entire time. If you go back and watch me, I'm like, I'm like smiling. I'm, like, I'm having a great time. I had no clue what he was having, where he was having it. what, what? what nothing. Couldn't get a read on the guy. The only reason I knew that he enjoyed it was, A, he told me afterwards, and, B, the dude gave us 90 minutes. If he wasn't happy to be there, he wouldn't have been there. You know what I'm saying? Like, But the whole entire time, I can't get a read on him. So when you think NFL GMs, NFL owners are sitting down with them, you think they're getting a read on him? Probably not. And and that was my whole thing with him going into this process. Like, dude, you watch that guy play football. He is a great football player. He is an NFL quarterback. A, a damn NFL GM that's like won Super Bowls just told you that. That's an NFL football player. Your head coach has been telling you that. This is an NFL football player. But when he stands up in front of a microphone or when he stands up in front of TV audience or whatever it is about him, it's just people, I don't know. People just can't get it, right? People just can't put a play a finger on it, right? But the tape speaks for itself. And I think that was something I'm proud of this network, right, for pointing that out. I think we stood by his play since the moment he took over against Auburn, right? The, the, his first start, we were like, holy crap, this guy's got an arm, right? And I think if you go back and watch that interview, that, that stands out too. Like, and you'll hear him talk about it. He doesn't understand it. He doesn't get it. He doesn't know why there's such a uh, kind of like a, a question about his, his talents, right? Because if you see him, like I said, man, if you see him stand up there and like it's he throws a football. Carson Beck throws a football. Brock Vandergriff throws a football. Gunner throws a football. That's how warmups work. You go watch warm-ups at Georgia, and you tell me who the five star is. If you just trace the football, that's all you're allowed to watch. You're not allowed to watch whether or not the guy releasing it was six foot five, two hundred twenty five pounds. You know, like you're not. That's not what it is. That's not the result. All you're allowed to look at is the result. If you judged Stetson Bennett off of his result. And not whatever you think about him or whatever his PR is, like Les Snead said, or whatever. It is. If you just look at him for his results, that's an NFL football player. Say an NFL football player. Um, but, yeah, man, incredibly hard to read. Still don't know if he likes me. I don't know. And it's not my goal, whether or not he likes me. I, the, the goal of that interview was to try, to try to explain him. And I think you guys got to know him um, a lot better than previously. Um so, yeah, hey, if you're watching me right now and you're a high school head football coach, I got 40 schools on the list from May 2nd to May 19th, all right? If you think I got time to fit you in there, if you got to practice on a Saturday, if you're one of these 6 a.m. lifters or 6 a.m., whatever, if, you're, if you got lifting in the morning, you want me to slide through. If you got anything you need me to do, you know where to find me, okay? Find me, hit me up. I'll do whatever I can in my power to come put some shine and some light on your children um, for Brooks Austin for the film guy network for patreon.com forward slash Brooks Austin, which I didn't even tell you to subscribe to today. I hammered that show. Absolute foot to the gas all up in your face and grill for 40 minutes. I hope you enjoyed it. Hit the thumbs up button. Subscribe. I'm getting the hell out of here. But before I do, I do have to hit one uh, thing right here. Uh, we just got a super sub from John Burroughs just because. Thank you, John. I appreciate you. Uh, that means two free subs, patreon.com forward slash Brooks Austin. I love you. I got to get up at 530 tomorrow morning, and we're going to be fresh. I hope it's on the grass. I hope it's not on turf. Coach, if you're listening to me, let's go grass. I want dew on my feet. You hear me? I want dew, and I want to leave with blades of grass on the bottom of my sneakers. I want to go. I want to have to bang them off before I get in that daggum truck. You hear me? Let's play some football. Oh Let's
1: go.